0: Hi, and welcome to this episode of I've Got This Kid. I'm your host, Sharina Williams, licensed speech and language pathologist, homeschooling mom of two, wife of one, here to share everything speech, language, play development, and all of that other fun stuff that falls in between. Listen up, world changers. For the month of October, I've been listening. You've got questions, I've got answers. Each week, we're going to focus on a question that was submitted to me and how I answered that question. And that could have been in passing conversation. It could have been a message that you sent to me on my website. It could have been a message that you slid to me on social media. Whatever way that question was sent, guess what? It's going to be covered today. Now, world changers, listen up. You don't have to wait until I talk about your question on my show. If you have a question in the meantime, please do not hesitate to wait and ask when I say, Hey, you've got questions. I got answers. Send in your questions anytime, 365 days a year. For the most part, I'm going to answer that question because that is my goal to make sure that we get tooled up. So let's get with it y'all. So here we go. Here's the question. It's more of a scenario. So I'm going to spell it out to you. My three-year-old is enrolled in a local preschool. He has an IFSP. He has delayed language and limited vocabulary. Daily drops off her heart because he resists leaving me. The teacher also complains that he hits kids in class, which is why he's suspended. At home, he hits when he's excited, not because he's trying to be mean or hurt us, just because he hits. The teacher also said that getting him from one thing to another is difficult. It takes five minutes and he often tantrums, bites, and hits. They're threatening them to kick him out of school if there's another incident. What should I do? So, my response for one, thank you for reaching out. And I enjoyed having this conversation with this parent and talking to them about this scenario because it's so loaded. Like there's so many things that are going on in this situation. And let's just let's let's get into it. I'm gonna provide you as much perspective, knowledge, and tools to help move forward world changer out there, you've gotten the tools already, but for somebody else in a similar situation, and this situation is pretty familiar for a lot of parents who have kiddos with IFSPs, it's not uncommon for their toddler to have like these other confounding things going on. So let's get into it. For one, IFSP, what is that? That is an individualized family service plan. And what that simply means is that sugar has a gap somewhere in either language or speech or thinking or gross or cognition. Like there's something there to where the milestones are not being met as we would expect them to be met. And so we get an IFSP in there in order to make sure to start the process of minimizing those gaps. And so I'm going to start off with the delayed language piece and the vocabulary piece. And the reason why I'm going to start there and not go into the classroom yet is because just follow me, y'all. Just follow me, because this is, again, a loaded question and it kind of builds. And so I want to make sure that I'm covering everything appropriately. So delayed language, limited vocabulary. Remember language starts around 12 months. Well, it starts in utero, but like us actually hearing the actualization of a sugar's language, that's not until around 12 months. Some sugar is a little earlier because they're like little pistols and they just want to get things out. Others a little bit later, and we would call those sluggish speakers. Some catch up when first words are around 14 months. Others don't, and the gap widens. In this case, sugar has delayed language and limited vocabulary, which means that Sugar probably didn't have 50 words by the age of two. Sugar is probably not getting five to seven new words a week. Sugar is probably not using communication and language to indicate wants and needs and for social situations. And so what happens is remember when baby was baby and remember when baby got to be mobile and remember how baby got your attention. It was either through crying. It was either through hitting or pulling, or grabbing, or whining, or making some kind of sound or or noise to let you know that, hey, I need something. I want something. I need to get this want and need met. But what happens to our sugars when they get older, around the age of two or three, when they don't get that language, guess what? They don't replace it with anything else. And what they replace it with is old behavior. But usually the old behavior, it confounds, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. You think about like it grows and expands. Like if you've ever seen yeast in bread, it grows and expands. And that's what happens to sugar's behaviors. It doesn't get replaced with the language. It gets replaced with the behaviors and it can result, language delays can result in in behaviors and unwanted behaviors for the most part because we expect our little sugars to be using their words and not using their behaviors and it starts to wear on them and it starts to wear on us and it just kind of creates this really uncomfortable situation to be quite honest. And so behaviors can be caused by language delays. This is a real thing. People underestimate how much behaviors can take over for language because We're either verbal or nonverbal. We're either using our words or we're using our body. And even for us who have words, guess what? Sometimes we use our bodies. Think about the brother and sister who said, stop touching me. Sister says, stop touching me. What does brother do? Touch her. Sister says, stop touching me. What does he do? Touch her. Sister says, stop touching me. By the third time, what is she going to do? Yep. She's going to use her body. She's going to use a behavior and it's usually going to be a behavior that brother's not going to like, but it happens. And that's the reality of things. We use language. We use behaviors. Even if we have language, sometimes we use behaviors. And sometimes even though we have great language, (laughs) we still use behaviors. And so with that being said, sugar is probably using the behaviors in place of the language. And so What happens, what confounds it again, and that's my magical word of the day because it's like a snowball. You think about Yosemite. If you've ever seen those massive mountains in Yosemite, they are ginormous. And if you took a piece of snow, a ball, right? And just started rolling it down, that hill, that mountain, guess what happens? It gets bigger, it gets bigger, it gets bigger to the point of where it's not containable anymore. And so that's what happens when behaviors are reinforced again And again, and again, and again. Why? Because you have nothing to replace it with. And if you have nothing to replace it with, then you're going to keep doing the same thing over and over and over again. Think about routine, right? You get up every morning, you brush your teeth, you wash your face, you wash your body. I hope you do. You get yourself together, right? You put your clothes on, you have your breakfast. That's reinforced day after day after day after day. When your room got out of hand when you were a kid, what does your mom say? Clean your room. Every time you expect that it's going to be reinforced, that when your room gets out of control, you're going to hear mom say, clean your room. And so reinforcements happen in different ways throughout our lives. But reinforcements also happen with the behaviors that we have. And so if sugar is not picking up that language and they're using that language, or excuse me, they're using that behavior, then they're going to reinforce that behavior over and over and over again. And behaviors, it's not always just directed to language because you might be a world changer. That's like, hey, look, um, my sugar has plenty of language and they are still behaving. Sometimes behaviors can also occur because sugar doesn't know what is coming next or it could be a boundary thing. It really can. There's like a bunch of different reasons. But we're going to stick to this scenario in particular as to behavior and language. And we'll keep the ball going there. Right. So if sugar doesn't know what's going to happen next or doesn't have the security of what's going to happen later, behaviors can happen. And that leads me to when drop offs are happening. So drop offs are happening and there's a tantrum and transitions are happening and it's a tantrum and tantrums are really just behaviors like Tantrum is resistance to a demand being made by somebody else, right? And so how do you tantrum? Through behavior. What kind of behavior? The behavior you don't want. Why? Because I don't want something to happen, right? Think about that last cookie on the plate. What are you going to do? Hey, don't touch that. That's an adult tantrum, right? (laughs) But for kids, it's a little bit different. They might lay out on the floor. They might cry, kick and scream. They might gnash their teeth a little bit and do all kinds of crazy stuff. Anything to get you to stop, right? And it can also happen for a lot of other reasons that are underlying. And you really have to pay attention to your sugar. And this is where teachers, you really have to pay attention to your student. It could be because of protection. They want to protect what they're doing. They're used to getting things taken from them, maybe in other scenarios, and they don't want their stuff taken from them. Fear. They don't know what's going to happen next. Uncertainty kind of falls in the same category as as fear of I'm just kind of uncertain. I don't know what's coming. And it's making me a little bit uneasy. Avoidance, maybe they don't want what's going to happen next to happen. Maybe drop off is like the worst thing that happens in the world. Because why? You took me from my bed. You took me from my mama. You took me from my Elmo. And now you want me to come into this classroom and do a bunch of stuff that they're asking me to do throughout the day that I might not want to do. So it could be an avoidance thing, right? Or it could be defiance. I know what you want me to do, but I don't want to do what you want me to do because I want to continue to do what I want to do. But I have to learn that somehow, some way I have to find that happy balance. And you as the adult have to politely help me along because I don't know what to do. I don't know how to get myself out of that situation. And that's where we become the models, right? And so... That is possibly why the tantrum is occurring at drop-off because sugar is feeling that feeling of, I don't want to go into this situation or I might not have the security that if mom leaves, when is she coming back? Like I need that assurance that, hey, if you're going, please come back or tell me at least you're coming back. Or world changer, if it's happening at school, and not happening at home, the tantrum behavior. Is it possible that at home you're giving in to whatever sugar wants? Or are you anticipating what sugar wants to avoid the tantrum in order to get them from one thing to the next without having to deal with the blow-up? And so now they don't necessarily know how to deal with it. And so when they go to school, guess what? Teacher and staff get to deal with it, right? And so we have to think about what we're reinforcing at home as well. So if sugar is used to mom and dad and brother and sister or somebody and everybody giving in, guess what they're going to have at school? The same expectation. And so if that's happening at home, then of course, they're not going to snap right into it and be like, hey, well, (laughs) let me just get right into things and do what you want me to do. Although, although you never make me do them at home. Or finally, you're not making demands on sugar to do anything because you yourself are avoiding that tantrum behavior as well. Well, it doesn't happen to me. Well, sugar is one of 10 or one of eight at the age of three. In most preschools, he's one of eight, unless there's two teachers in there plus two AIDS, and then they should be one of 16 or two of 16. Yeah. Two teachers, 16. Yeah, that's right. I think that sounds about right. It depends on the, on the school, but it should be no more than eight. Right. But one in eight, is, is a pretty good amount of sugars in in one space. And so teacher and even teacher's aid can't just stop and give in to what sugar doesn't want, right? And so we have to be really, really careful what we are allowing at home and the expectations that we're having on our teachers. But also teachers, on the other hand, we need to be super patient with little sugar who is not used to having these demands and then using our role Instead of getting upset and saying this is a problem kid or a bad kid, but use our role to say, hey, let's figure out as a community what we could do together, right? So this is what I want you to start asking. Do you and your sugars team have a system in place for drop-off? How are you preparing for your sugars drop-off before school? What is your morning routine like? Is it super rushed? Does your sugar get to ease in the day? Or is it like they're waking up at seven and out of the house by 7.30 and barely got a piece of toast in their hand and they're like rushing through the day and they haven't even wrapped their mind around things. Are they getting enough sleep? Are they getting good breakfast? Are they getting everything that they need to make sure that they're easing in the day? And so this is what I want you to do, world changers out there. I want you to try to give assurances. If you fall in any of these categories to where drop off and pickup and transitions are just a nightmare, Give sugar an assurance start from the time that they wake up and they're getting dressed and you're helping them get dressed. Mommy and daddy are leaving, but I'll be back to pick you up. Give them something to look forward to create a reward system for every good drop-off day give a treat or let sugar have something that's highly motivating, not highly distracting. Again, one of eight little sugars in the classroom. And if there's two teachers and some aides, probably two and 16. And so it can't be so motivating that it becomes a distraction for the rest of the class. So this is where you really have to become an ally with your sugar's teacher. And so maybe it's not a motivator that they can keep with them at school, but maybe it's something that they can look forward to at the end of the day. Maybe bear bear is buckled up in the seat belt, in the center of the car, or in the front seat. Look, Bear Bear's gonna be here when when you get out. Now, if you don't act right when it's when it's time to get out of this car, Bear Bear's not gonna be here, and I I don't know. Maybe Bear Bear took a vacation. Maybe Bear Bear decided he wanted to go travel overseas. Or maybe Bear Bear decided that he wanted to go and have a beach day. So, you know, make the decision. Help help me help you. Let's Let's make sure that Bear Bear is here when it's time for me to pick you up, right? And so that's kind of how you have to treat it. Like, make it exciting for them. Give them something to look forward to. But be honest. Like, if you don't do your part, then I can't do my part, which means Bear Bear might not be here. And that stinks because we all love Bear Bear. He's part of the family, right? Also, think about drop-off time. Is it too overwhelming for sugar? Like, are there too many environmental distractions? Some you can't can't deal with. Like, no, we're not going to off the other four brothers and sisters. Like, they're part of the family. They get to stick around. There's nothing we get to do about that. We love them. And so you're going to have to get over those kind of distractors. But I'm talking about, like, blaring TV. If you know your sugar is sensory sensitive and they have their hands over their ears, then maybe we don't need that on in the morning. Are you naturally a little bit loud? And sugar doesn't do well with loud situations. Does sugar need some pet? What does sugar need? Is he distracted? Is she distracted? To assure that, you know, sugar is getting what they're needing and that they're easing into the day, just make sure, like, to give sugar that assurance that, hey, it's morning routine. It's going to be okay. It's going to be a little bit loud. It's going to be chaotic. And it's going to be OK. And again, it's going to be OK. We'll take you a long way. And if it really comes down to it, to where once sugar has him or herself together, give them some earphones or a security item, a security blanket. There goes Bear Bear again here. Hold on to Bear Bear this morning or take these earphones and put them on because I know this noise is getting to you. And I want to make sure that you have a great day because if sugar is wired before they even leave the house and then you got to get them into something else that they may not necessarily want to do and they haven't quite reasoned with or come to grips with, it can be really, really difficult. So think about those things as well. Like, is sugar really sensory sensitive? Are lights a thing? I don't like lights in the morning. Everybody knows I don't like lights. It's just too bright. My eyes are light. I don't know what it is. It just, it's not for me. And so I keep the house at, uh, I use, what is it? Natural light. Having word finding, what's going on here? But I use natural light, and natural light is more than enough for me. But that doesn't hold true for everybody else in my family. So, what do they do? They give me a warning, and that's enough for me. Like, hey, we're going to turn on a light. Okay. Oh, God. Okay. One, two, three. Okay. It's on. And then I cope, and it's okay. So, even giving those kind of assurances for sugar, and I'm a grown up with these issues. So, think about sugar who doesn't necessarily have like the The control to be like, I don't necessarily like that lighter. I don't necessarily like that sounder. I don't necessarily like this. That's where we as world changers have to be really, really sensitive about what comes along with that IFSP and what's in those papers and understand what that stuff really means. Not just a label, but what it means getting through day-to-day situations, right? Create a social story. This is my final tip for you when it comes to Tantrums and behavior, creating a social story. Social stories, I don't know what it is about social stories. For some sugars, they are wonderful. It is like the best thing since sliced bread. But for other sugars, it ain't. It just don't work. It, it's just not a thing. And so what is a social story? Something really basic. The same stuff repeated over and over again, but it's specified to sugar. So something like this. Mommy is going to leave, but mommy will be back. Pictures are usually accompanied with it as well. Teacher Sophie, and that's not part of the story. Teacher Sophie will play with you for the next three hours or until mommy returns. And so like some of that stuff wasn't included, like as far as, you know, or until mommy returns. Don't put that in there, but (laughs) you get my gist. Mommy's going to leave, but mommy will be back. Teacher Sophie will play for you for the next three hours. Throw some pictures in there of sugar and teacher Sophie. Throw some pictures in there of mommy. You can read that story to them. And guess what? They're going to memorize that story. And then you could turn that story around and say to them, what did mommy say? Read the first page to mommy. Even if they can't read, they know that picture. Mommy's going to leave. And then what's the next page? But mommy will be back. That's mommy coming back with a big smile on her face. Teacher Sophie will play with you for the next three hours or until mommy returns. That's it. Your, your sugars SLP or the inclusion team can totally help you make one of those. It does not take long at all. And again, it's either going to make or break the situation, so we've gotten through delayed language and how behaviors can impact that. We've talked about behavior specifically. we've talked about tantrums and behavior. we've talked about some tips to help with that. Now, guess what we're going to get into. We're going to get into physical behaviors. This is like the game changer. Nobody likes being hit. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're zero. I don't care if you're a hundred. Nobody likes to be hit. Why? Because it's not fun. It's not cute. It is the brain interprets that as violence and nobody likes violence being inflicted upon them. I just don't know too many people who like that kind of stuff. Uh, Adults don't like it with adults. Adults don't like it when kids do it. A world changer. Now, this is when it gets tricky. So I'm gonna try to cover this with as much sensitivity as I can. So it says that at home, He hits when he's excited, not because he's trying to be mean or hers, but then we also talk about the tantrums and he's biting and hitting during those. All right. So let's talk about it. Hitting and biting, biting and hitting, uh, kicking, anything, scratching. It's uh, physical behaviors. Physical behaviors in general are associated with tantrums. They're usually because Sugar's trying to protect him or herself or they're trying to resist. I'm going to say it again. Physical behaviors associated with the tantrums are usually because a sugar wants to protect himself or herself, or they want to resist you. Hitting peers may be a way of expressing excitement or obtaining their attention. But here's the thing, world changer. Not teacher, world changer. I'm talking to the parents only right now. You carry your sugar. You birthed your sugar. You have been there since day one and you know your sugar in and out. And there is nothing that you don't love about your sugar. Maybe you don't even love that part, but you love your sugar in a much different way. And that doesn't mean that teacher Sophie and teacher Joseph and teacher and them don't love sugar. Nobody loves being hit. Even if they keep a straight face, nobody's happy about that. Nobody's happy about that. As an early interventionist, I've even been popped. I had to learn quick. You get the strong arm and you just put your arm up and let sugar just... Hey, I'm I'm not going to hit you, but you're not going to touch me. And, and you get to learn which sugars are like that because some sugars go straight to that behavior, but you really have to protect yourself because as an adult, as a person, as a human being, there's only so much we can take and it becomes a defense mechanism. Like you want to defend yourself because you don't want to put yourself in a position to where you're getting harmed or that you ever harm a little sugar, especially in some cases when they don't have control. And so... I always tread lightly on these kind of subjects when it comes to hitting and biting and biting and hitting world changer. I always tell any world changer where I see a sugar who's hitting, I automatically ask them to do their best to disallow that behavior. Do not allow that behavior. Do not make it a joke. Do not make it a running thing. Do not allow that to be something that's reinforced because as much as The teachers love your sugar and want to educate your sugar. They do not want to be hit or bit or kicked or scratched by your sugar. You probably don't want to be bit, kicked and scratched by your sugar. The hitting, maybe that's your thing, that's your game and you guys like it. But I'm telling you that that is something that you don't want to reinforce at all. Now, the hitting of the peers. This is where I tread a little bit differently, right? If sugar is like hitting and excited on the playground. This is why I'm talking to the teachers. I want you to use this as a moment, not as a punitive thing, because some sugars will take that punitive thing. And again, remember reinforcement. And if the only attention that you're giving them is negative attention, then that's being honestly interpreted as love. That's the stinky part about reinforcement. Like we have to really be careful how we're reinforcing stuff. And so... If sugar is being taken off the playground, if sugar is being, you know, being penalized every time they touch as a way of excitement, not because they're just going up to people in like stone cold, knocking them out, TKO, other sugar didn't have a chance, not that stuff, you know, like not that, but like maybe get excited and they, they like hit and you see like the hands kind of going and they hit. That is not necessarily always a negative, especially if they're nonverbal they don't necessarily have the words to express excited. And so you really have to use those nonverbals. And this is where continuing education and getting tooled up, especially if you're an inclusion class and you're not used to this population and they're all of a sudden there, this is where you really got to get tooled up and understand like how nonverbal language can take the place of verbal language and how we have to learn how to interpret that language differently. But in general, what I think is happening is as far as the taking five minutes to get from one thing to another and the tantrum biting and hitting is happening, it's probably being stretched out. I'm assuming that, and this is just my assumption, I could be wrong. You can you can reach out to me and, and prove me wrong on this. I bet, though, that teacher is probably trying to negotiate and teacher is probably trying to make sugar get up or teacher is trying to do things that are really just prolonging it. And world changer you probably are too and i would be extremely careful about prolonging and allowing sugar to have that extra time and in fact as soon as little sugar decides that he or she wants to get on that floor and start rolling around and act like they're gonna bite and kick i would take a good step back and turn my head and be maybe at a uh, angle to where it doesn't look like I'm even looking at sugar anymore. And I would completely ignore the tantrum and pretend like it's not even a thing. Again, with the hitting of the peers, unless they're like TKOing them and like closed fists, like going at them, I would really tread lightly and try to observe the behavior. And that's when your inclusion team can help you out and really get on board. But world changer for you at home, if you're allowing sugar to hit, please disallow that. Like, let's stop that today. Please try. I would also use strong but not loud language and very consistent language, don't hit, and very firm, don't hit, eye to eye, no looking at their forehead, no no, none of that with their back turn, especially if they're coming at you and that's when the tantrum is over, no hit, no thank you, and it gets real firm right there. And you can also provide a model of gentle hands for their peers, like gentle hands, gentle hands, especially if they're excited and they're really trying to get in there and be friends with the other friends, just show them gentle hands. And you can do a hand over hand, put your hand on top of their hand and allow them to like pet the other hand and just encourage the teachers to do the same. And teachers, I encourage you to try this as well, because this can really burn a teacher out because again, it's unexpected. And they didn't carry your sugar. They didn't carry them for 40 weeks. They didn't go through what you went through. You know, they weren't up all night with them for the nights that they had colds and they didn't see the first smile and the first mama and the first I love you. So it's a different relationship. And so we don't want to burn our teachers out. They pour out so much. And we want to make sure that we're getting them tooled up as well. So if that is happening, really try to talk with them, really try to get in there and talk with them. This is what leads me to the next thing meet with the teachers. Please meet with the teachers, meet with the teachers, meet with the teachers. Do not go home with one of those notes, and it was a not very nice note, or do not go home after picking up your child without having a meeting set in place for when we're going to meet about sugar. Do not let any time pass by before you make sure that you are proactive about meeting up to get on the same page. Because the quicker you guys become a team and an ally, a collaborative team together, the quicker you guys can undo a lot of the behaviors and a lot of the disconnect that's going on. Because in many cases, I'm going to be honest. If teacher don't like it at home, you probably don't like it either. You just probably didn't say it. And it's somebody from the outside saying it. And us as world changers, we have a tendency to get a little bit defensive when people talk about our kids. So yeah, right. So make sure that you get on the same page with the teacher. Ask if the inclusion team has a behavior plan that can be created. Make sure that that behavior plan makes sense. Do not walk out of the room if that behavior plan doesn't make sense. If it does not make sense to your sugar's needs, if it does not make sense to something that you can carry out, make sure it's something that you guys all feel comfortable carrying out. And if you're not sure about how to carry it out, you need to ask them how to carry it out and be like, hey, look, I need to observe you. Or can you do a home visit? Or what can you do to help me? Because I'm really trying to help my sugar, right? I really want to be on the same page because we're talking about Bridging gaps. And sometimes bridging gaps means we got to go hard in the paint. And whatever it takes for us to do to go hard in the paint, that's what we're going to do. We got to be serious about this stuff, world changers. Ask the SLP what language can be used to support your sugar. Now, if they have something like sugar's going to learn five new words, what new five words? It better not be colors and numbers because that's not going to help them stop hitting and slapping and biting and not getting from one thing to the next. Give me something I can use. That's what you need to be asking. What can we use? Can we throw some signs in there? Some more, some all done. What can we do to be proactive to make sure that my sugar is getting what they need? Because again, I'm trying to bridge gaps. I'm serious about my sugar. I'm serious about their development and I want to make sure that I'm on top of things. Nobody's going to be as serious about this but you. And if your team sees that you're serious about it, then guess what? They're going to be either super excited or they're going to get their ducks in a row and they're going to get with you because we want to make sure that sugar understands what they need to do. We need to be consistent in what we're demanding for them to do. And the SLP specifically knows, and that's SLP is speech language pathologist, just as an acronym. And the SLP specifically knows how many words you all should be using with the sugar. So if your sugar only has one word, and they're only using one word every time that they speak, then we shouldn't be trying to speak in four and five word sentences with them. And that's the SLP's job to then go to the educators and be like, hey, you know what? I need you to send the same message to Lil Sugar over here that you're sending to Becky, but I need you to send to Lil Sugar using two words instead of four or five words because you're losing them. And we wanna make sure that we're giving Sugar opportunities to imitate. And if we're not giving them those opportunities, then we're gonna miss them every single time. Make sure that the teachers are talking face to face during transitions. This is huge. So going back to those transitions that are difficult for sugar, make sure when teacher is saying five minute call or time to clean up or whatever it is that either one of the teachers or one of the aides are face to face and giving gentle touches and saying, Hey, it's about time to clean up. Can I help you? Can I help put one in first? Can I put one block in? It's my turn to put one away. It's your turn to put one away. And then we're going to do this next. And then think about, did you hear me? Right? Right. Did you hear me? You want to make sure that sugar heard you. And not only did they hear you, but they're being proactive. And if they ignore you, then you're really using, did you hear me? And that's when those gentle taps are extremely important. Think providing prompts before the transition takes place. Prompts are crucial. Please use prompts before the actual transition happens. Give them some time, again, to wrap their mind around what's going on. This is for the classroom. This is for the home as well. Make sure you're not saying, it's time for dinner. And then you're like sweeping them away from their favorite thing and not giving them time to wrap their mind around it. So when you're starting to plate, that's the perfect time to start saying, hey, it's time for dinner. Okay, it's time. All right, your plate's on the table. I'm coming to get you. Let's go. It's time to eat. Also think, and I kind of alluded to this a little bit, think first, then language. First, we're going to clean up and then we're going to do this. First, we're going to eat dinner. Then you can go back to your play. First, then. Because it helps sugar wrap their mind up around what's going to happen and that there's possibility that, hey, I might be able to go back to that thing that I really, really love. And think social story to prepare sugar. Social stories can be used for anything and everything. Like, sky's the limit. I've even had world changers out there who make their own social stories. Whatever you need, tool yourself up. Get your teachers tooled up to make sure that everyone is on the same page. Here's the thing. Because a lot of things were going on in this story master one thing at a time this scenario is no joke it happens way more often than what we think for us who are not going through this for us who've never experienced this this is a very real thing do not try to take on everything at once you're going to make yourself a mad person Master one thing at once. So if it's tantrums, usually it's tantrums. Everybody doesn't like those tantrums and everybody wants to get rid of the tantrums first. The behavior is always the problem. That's the biggest thing. So I would work on behavior first before I worked on behavior because there's nothing worse than a sugar having plenty of language and the same behavior. So I would seriously work on that behavior, right? Take notes. Note-taking, like it can happen on your smartphone. It can happen on your smartwatch. It can happen on your notepad, on your whiteboard. You can go to Hobby Lobby and get a big old whiteboard and write down Everything, you can chart everything nowadays. There are so many tools out there to keep you organized. It's like pick your your jam, what works for you, right? Take notes on the day that it goes good. Take notes on the days that it doesn't go so good. Think about triggers, right? Did sugar sleep well that night? Did they have some spicy food? Was a relative staying over? Were you in a bad mood? All of those little things can impact how, sugar reacts about the world around them and do not take triggers for granted because sugars are super sensitive to us and they're sensitive to the world around them more than what you know and finally this is the knowledge thing this is where i want you world changer to get tooled up and teacher i want you to tune in right knowledge ask the teacher your sugars teacher if they've worked with sugars who have similar delays if they've ever worked with a sugar who's like your sugar because we take for granted that teachers should know everything. And that's not true. Teachers don't know everything. Teachers know some stuff, but they don't know everything. With experience, you know, and some choose not to learn from their experiences. Seriously, that's the reality of it. And I would ask, have you worked with a sugar like mine? What worked? What didn't work? What's your philosophy? What's your strategy? Like, what do you what do you believe? Like, what do you seriously believe? Because this will give you a clue in how sugar and teacher are even getting along, right? If they even pair well together. Ask yourself if you fully understand all that encompasses a language delay. Don't ask the teacher that. That's for you to understand yourself. Now you can ask your your Sugar's teacher, like, have you ever worked with a Sugar with a language delay? But I want you to make sure that you understand everything that comes along with that. Not just the, oh, they don't have as many words, but what comes along with that. Ask the leaders if continuing education, workshop, conferences, That are hands-on can help you increase your knowledge gaps start asking for that um you could ask your your school you could ask the in what i mean by the leaders i'm like the center director the principal whoever's over the school ask what opportunities they have and if they have anything available for the the parents and not just for the teachers but also for the parents because you want to get tooled up as well matter of fact i do workshops and hosts not only for the educators but also for the parents, because I believe everybody should be tooled up and everything is catered around that particular party because it's two different perspectives, but you guys all need the same knowledge, but you need it from two different places. And I always say, think that you want to get a PhD in learning everything about your sugar's diagnosis and how it plays out. You want your team to be on the same level. You want to know what they know and you want them to know what you know. And so that's when I'm like, start advocating advocate for yourself, advocate for your sugars, advocate for those teachers, because the more you guys get told up, the better asset you are for your sugar. Because honestly, if behaviors are taking over, if the behaviors are completely taking over the day, then sugar is missing out on learning. Sugar is missing out on socializing. The educators are missing out on learning how to work with sugars like your sugar. And it's just, it's a lose-lose for everybody. And so we want to make sure that we're becoming allies with these people and that we're doing our best and they're doing their best and we're all setting ourselves up for success. And if sugar doesn't obtain these skills early, it's going to widen the gap. If sugar doesn't learn how to transition, if sugar doesn't learn how to behave, if sugar doesn't learn how to use language over behavior, it's going to be a problem later. It doesn't go to sleep night-night one day. It's usually a thing and a thing that just, prolongs and goes on and it shows up in different ways and even if sugar ends up with some language how it plays out later is that explosive behavior to where maybe they have language but they're still explosive and you're still having to negotiate with them at 10 and 12 and so this is something world changer i really want you to get on top of and educators out there i really want you to make sure that you're teaming up with the world changer out there and remember i'm not about the blame game i'm about getting tooled up so let's do this y'all and we want to really get these behaviors. Finally, we want to get these behaviors because we don't want them to reinforce. The more we allow it to reinforce, the longer we allow it to reinforce, then it becomes a thing. And we do not want this to become a thing. We want to try to push to progress. And that's not the progress that we want to be pushing to. We want to realize their purpose and be excited about what they're doing and who they are. And, and let me tell you, I've worked with so many little sugars and I'm yet to see the one that's super excited after a tantrum. They usually feel just as bad as you do. And so let's, let's help them. Let's get them tooled up. And let me help you get tooled up. So world changers, I hope this information was super helpful. I hope providing you perspective, knowledge and tips will help you and your sugar thrive. I hope educators, you out there have not only perspective from the parents perspective, but also that I've enlightened you on some things that you could be thinking about and doing from another lens, because this stuff ain't easy, right? Just like you're struggling in a class, in most cases, world changer is struggling at home. So let's try to do our best to get on the same page and try to collaborate and do our best together. And if you're out there with a similar scenario or a situation that you can't wrap yourself around, please feel free to send in your questions at questions at I've got this We would love to hear from you. If you can't wait until the next time I answer questions on the show, visit I've got this and book me for a personal coaching session, and I'd love to help you through. It's seriously that easy. Also, join the interest list for my upcoming book, Watch Me, Connecting to Your Child Through Play. This book is everything that you need to connect during play, monitor early milestones, provide practical step-by-step tips like what do I do when Susie won't sit down or what do I do when Kyle won't play with me? But yeah, I love him, but he's a toy hoarder. He's, He's that kind of guy, that Kyle. Or my room, it looks like Toys R Us and my sugar won't touch anything. I'm gonna answer all those questions and so much more. So as soon as you're done here, click on the link below and join the movement of intentional parenting. And finally, World Changers, I mentioned in the show that I do workshops and I do parent seminars. Feel free to join, sign up. The interest list is at I've got this and I believe it's under the connect or the grow section. I believe it's grow though. I'm pretty sure it is <laughs> finally y'all share with a friend this is finally finally if this podcast has been good to you please don't keep it a secret for yourself share let let's get others out there tooled up keep sending in those questions i love answering them it makes me happy to know that you're getting support and perspective y'all we're in this together all right so next week i'm going to answer another question i'm not going to tell you what it is i've got it ready i'm tooled up and i can't wait to bring this to you but i will give you a hint it has to do with ignoring that's all i'm gonna tell you that's all i'm gonna tell you it has to do with ignoring that's it that's it all right y'all i gave you enough until the next time y'all take care